This is your working life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I welcome Shannon Huffman Paulson to the show. Shannon is going to talk about her career and other women in the military and how it helped them overcome adversity and develop their grit factor. Shannon, I'm really excited to have you on the show. And we're going to talk about your book and so many juicy things. But I have a question first. How did you find the military? Was it that call to serve? What was it that led you into a military career? That's such a great question. And it's so wonderful to be with you and all of your listeners. I was at Duke University as an undergraduate, and I had gone to Duke from my hometown of Anchorage, Alaska. And when I was attending Duke, I knew that it was going to be a tough financial thing for my family. And so I was working three different jobs and I went to a a fair, actually, one of those sorts of college fairs that they have with different activities and talked to the Army ROTC folks and decided I would give it a try. And I had absolutely no expectation that it would be a good fit, but I ended up really, really loving it. And I think it was both the people that I was serving with, but also the opportunity to serve and to connect to something bigger than myself. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for the genesis there. I'm always uh, very curious about how people find that first step on their path. So thank you for that. You've done some incredibly impressive things, Shannon. The youngest woman to climb Mount McKinley, one of the first women to fly the Apache attack helicopter in the U.S. Army. So is that drive just part of your DNA or that grit factor? Tell me more. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. And I, I always like to say that it helps to have grown up in Alaska where we have bumper stickers that say Alaska, where men are men and women win the Iditarod, of course, referring to that (laughs) thousand mile sled dog race, which uh, has been won by women uh, several times. And so I think really that opportunity to have been exposed to women doing all of the same things that men do at the, the same levels or even higher levels was a really great way to grow up. And of course, my uh, my parents reinforced that as well. So I think it was a little bit of both of those things. So let's unpack grit factor because you write so eloquently in the book about how it's a skill that can be taught. And I'm eager to hear your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the one of the challenges with being one of the first women to fly the Apache was that of course you're entering into an environment where where people aren't necessarily receptive to your being there. And uh, and in some cases, they're actively opposed. And the environment itself is very challenging. So that combination of factors made it um, a, a particularly difficult environment at, at times. And I realized as I was getting ready to uh, to write this book, and, and you know, the, really maybe it helps to have the genesis of the book just a little bit, which was that a young lieutenant reached out to me and was getting ready to start flight school and asked if I would be her mentor. And I said, absolutely. And then I realized, wow, you know, I haven't been in the military for over 10 years and I transitioned through an MBA and I've been in the corporate world as well. And so how can I scale the advice that I give her and make sure that it's relevant? And then if I do that work, which I know will be a lot of work, how can I scale the people to whom that's available? So that's really the genesis of the grit factor. And I really focused in on leaders who happen to be women who happen to serve in the military, because many of them, and I think a lot of your listeners will relate to this, really had what I call a double crucible. They had the the challenges of a, of a very demanding work environment layered with oftentimes uh, 
an environment that wasn't willing to accept their being there. So that double crucible required what I always called growing up, we called it grit. Wow. And it's clear that even to this day, the military is still incredibly male dominated. Did, did you find uh, women or men who, who were your mentors or sponsors who helped you really hone your grit factor? You know, I was really fortunate, I think, in that I worked with some of the best people that I've ever known when I was in the military, who happened, of course, to be men because there weren't other women around for the most part. Um, I also worked with some of the worst. So I think that bell curve is very much present in any kind of a very large organization like the military. But I do, I am so grateful for, you know, my very first battalion commander was an outstanding leader. My first platoon sergeant that worked for me, but really is the one that teaches a young a young leader the ropes was just outstanding as well. And and I think having those really excellent people as as examples and as people to kind of train you in what it is that you need to know to do well uh, and, and support you is is absolutely critical. So I was I was drawn in the book where you really recommend that people find their story and their purpose. How how do we start that? What's the the first step in navigating through this? Yeah, and the, both the grit factor and the training going for grit at the Grit Institute, which is really meant to go hand in hand with the grit factor, have three phases. And the first is commit, and then learn, and then launch. And that first phase of commitment is really that deep internal work that you're mentioning, which is owning our own stories and drilling down to core purpose. And so when I work with uh, with organizations on this, we'll actually start by talking about the research behind it because it's very very clear that in research on early leaders and early women general officers across the services, those that were successful were those that owned their own story. They took the raw material that was given them, which they had no control over, and they made it, they shaped it into the narrative that they wanted to live. And that is absolutely critical to anyone's success is really owning both that opportunity and that responsibility to, to take control of their own story, no matter what the narrative is that's going on around them. Nicely put, nicely put. And I find personally that that takes some quiet time and some reflection time to really be still and and think on that. What's your technique? Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, it's something that I've done with organizations in a workshop environment, but I always recommend that they go home and really take some more quiet time because it's not a back of the envelope sort of a thing and neither is drilling down to core purpose. They are, they really are very deep introspective, uh, exercises. And and quite frankly, I don't even know that I, I could have done it well or accurately when I was just starting out. It's something that takes, uh, it's a lifetime worth of work. Yeah, I agree. It takes a lot of self-actualization. Yeah. So Shannon, it's a unique time in the world. We're experiencing a global pandemic. And how can can grit help us all deal with this ambiguity and uncertainty? Well, that's a particularly well-phrased question, I will say, because grit is defined by Angela Duckworth, who, of course, is the penultimate researcher on it, as a very specific trait, as passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal. But right now, I think we're in this pretty unique circumstance where we're unable to really even create long-term goals easily because... The horizon is so unclear and there is this ambiguity. So I really appreciate the way that you phrased that question. And I would say two things. The first is, is that grit, and I have defined it as a dogged determination in the face of difficult circumstances. So there is a doggedness that's required in continuing to go forward in the face of this uncertainty. But the second thing is understanding and, and the Grit Institute, which is the umbrella for which the grit factor is a, is a part, 
uh, really focuses on the whole leader and looks at grit as an aspect of the whole leader. So taking time to do the things that you and I just talked about with owning your story, drilling down to core purpose and the other parts of the grit factor really is important because you can't just be dogged indefinitely. You've got to have some time to to rest. You've got to be able to refocus. You have to be able to reframe. And there's some very specific exercises that I've been talking to clients about in the face of this pandemic. But I think you do have to think of it as a whole person trait. I, I so appreciate the Grit Institute because it gets very tactical, right? And, and again, your uh, philosophy that we can teach grit, which I find really compelling because I think sadly, some people think you either have it or you don't, but you are of the mind that it can be cultivated. So let's, let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, you have a, a great technique about understanding challenge and connecting with others. And you say, we need to ask, listen, and then pause. So tell us more. Yeah. And this is part of, again, of this whole leader training, right? And understanding that none of us do any of this alone. So we have to build our team and draw our circle. And by the way, the drawing your circle means that some people are in and the people that have negative energy are not, right? So that's a sometimes as just as hard as putting the team together. But then once you have your team, and this might be part of your family, it might also be your organization, it might be your the group that you lead, the listening as as both an art and a science is really critical and quite frankly comes out as the most important strategic skill for leadership. And that is uh, really difficult for a lot of us who are type A, really driven to get things done and and continue forward. And it's hard to, to stop and to listen. And yet to have those kinds of relationships that are so important to our whole person well-being and also quite frankly to our professional success you have to be able to take the time to develop that skill. So I think especially in a time right now when we're all feeling buffeted by what's going on around us, taking the time to do your internal work and to connect with others in meaningful ways with these very tactical skills is a, is a very critical thing to do. Shannon, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. You know, it is a very unique time around the world dealing with, as we said before, ambiguity of a global pandemic. It seems like there's just so much we don't know and things are changing by the minute. But you believe that noticing good things that happen each day is really important for mindset. And and I was fascinated when you wrote about the army resilience technique and how it it's akin to what we might know as gratitude journaling. So tell me about your practice and how we might use that in improving our mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the points of research that I did, and this is something that was implemented after I left the military, but the Army's Master Resilience Training Program is part of the University of Pennsylvania's Positive Psychology 
psychology work that's been going on for decades. And one of the many techniques that are that are used in that program is actually gratitude. And um, because that does have so much to do with our well-being and the way that we we walk in the world. And so that is something that uh, that we've we've implemented in our family, both in terms of, of sitting around the dinner table. But then also I have two young boys and it's something that we do every night before they fall asleep is to think of things for which they're grateful. And um and that's a, a critical part of our well-being, especially in a time when it feels like so much is is going awry. So that is one of several techniques that are that are absolutely critical. I, I found it interesting. You spoke in the book about learning in flight school to let resistance help the plane rise. Right. So tell me more about that. As, as a non-pilot, I, I need to know more, but I, I have this vision in my brain. So tell me yeah, more. Yeah, and this really does go to mindset, but I love the metaphor. And I always start out my keynotes and I have a chance to talk to audiences around the world about leadership and grit, which I absolutely love connecting in person. Of course, we're now doing that digitally. But, um, and, and it really, we talk about at the very beginning, how it is that you take off in an Apache. And you take off in an Apache like you do in any other aircraft. You turn the nose to face the wind. And when you use it the right way, the resistance will help you to rise. Now, that's true for the aircraft because of the principles of aerodynamics. But I also think that if you apply that to mindset, one of the science is extremely clear that if you believe that challenge makes you better, and in fact, that stress makes you better, that it increases your performance markedly. So I do think that if you can go into challenge, understanding that navigating that challenge, doing that hard work is going to make you better, it does make you able to better better navigate the challenges. And so I think that metaphor is just so apt in so many different ways. So I love that the book is, is chock full of interviews from women in the military and many of the challenges they faced and have overcome, did you find a common denominator with women and their military experience or, or a common denominator anywhere that, that really uh, brought these women together? Yes. I mean, so many. And actually that really, the common denominators in these dozens of interviews with these leaders in the vanguard of their fields really is what formed the shape of the grit factor and the training going for grit. So those common denominators start with owning your own story and really being connected to a core purpose, um, understanding that they need to work with their team, that they have to understand uh, the art and science of listening, and that there are specific exercises that you can do to train resilience. But then I'll go to the last piece, which is the launch phase, the third phase in the book and in the training going for grit. And that launch phase is about authenticity it's about audacity and it's about adaptability. And I would say those characteristics bring together all of the more tactical skills that come out in the first part of the book as absolutely critical to, to the success of these leaders in their, in their very demanding environments. So I'm, I'm fascinated about the concept of growing your grit. And again, yeah. using, using your language from the book and taking on new challenges. So first I want to hear about that, but then I have a follow-up question. But for the clarity of our listening audience, talk to us about growing your grit first. Jenny. Right. Well, grit is, it turns out, just like, uh, like a muscle can be. And you can train for grit like you can train for anything else. And when I was talking at West Point just a couple of years ago, we talked about how you train for push-ups by doing push-ups 
not by doing something else. And so you train for hard things by doing hard things. And so I recommend uh, for people is, is taking small steps that are increasingly challenging. I mean, it sort of makes sense, although I think a lot of us get lost in the details of things or get overwhelmed with, with the bigger challenge. But when you take small steps and small challenges that you gradually increase, you are training your grit, you're training your resilience. And that's a important thing to know. And the mindset that that happens is just as important as the doing. And are you also training yourself for tolerance and and risk and taking on difficult things? Yeah. And that is, again, something I would say that you train by doing it. And you have to believe, and this is where this, uh, the metaphor of the helicopter facing the wind on takeoff, I think applies as well as I talk about both fear and fear in risk-taking, especially, which is really important. A leader has to be willing to push herself, to be able to go out on a limb, to take on things that are way outside of her comfort zone. And that's a hard thing to do. But you do, you you learn to do that by doing that in various other aspects of your life. And, and you can start out in something that has nothing to do with work and then borrow the strength from that to pull into whatever challenge it is that you're facing. But absolutely that facing the wind, whether it's on takeoff or whether it's in the face of fear or whether it's in the face of failure, understanding that failure is not final, that it's not failure that matters. It's what you do with it that counts. And thinking of that feeling that you get in the face of fear and failure, it's just another form of resistance. And what do you do with that? You turn towards it and you fly directly through it. So I get that. And as a fellow type A personality, you know, my heart's pumping, I'm excited, my adrenaline is going and I'm all in. I ask, right? I ask about the metaphor of working out, right? Where grit is a muscle. And I totally get that. You know, in order to to strengthen your upper body, you've got to do the push-ups. Is there also wisdom in that rest or recuperation time, that downtime where the grit is not supercharged? Just, for, I don't know, for balance or, or just recovery? Oh my gosh, so much. And actually, I, I think that that's particularly important right now. I'm hearing from a lot of clients just how burned out people are, how exhausted people are. And just like with that metaphor, and that's a great perspective, that metaphor of working out is you do have to take that time off as well. You've got to take your vacations. You've got to turn off your devices. You've got to have really important connection time with family and and with yourself. And that is absolutely critical. Again, it's the whole leader, right? It's the whole person that doesn't exist in a vacuum. So Shannon, as we, as we wrap, uh, the book is just so beautifully done. I absolutely love it. And we're going to talk in a second about how we can find it online. Uh, it's full of action steps and resources for our audience today to entice them to learn more. What's one small thing a listener can do to change their behavior and at least start to recognize their grit factor? You know, I, I, it's a great question. And I'm going to take us back to the very beginning of our conversation on owning your own story. What I would suggest to listeners, especially for all of us who are feeling that fatigue and that overwhelm, is to go back to your own story and remind yourself of the times that you have pushed through a really difficult time or overcome a challenge. Remind yourself of the strengths that you have or that you developed in those times. And then you'll be able to apply that reminder of, that memory of, that that uh, reconnection to grit into the challenges that you're facing today. Shannon, I learned so much from you today. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise. And I I wish you continued success. I want to tell our listeners about the book. It's gorgeous. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called The Grit Factor, Courage, Resilience, and Leadership. 
in the most male-dominated organization in the world. And of course, you are Shannon Huffman Polson, and the book is available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. Shannon, thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave me a review because this helps new audience members find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.